E-S-N-Y. And welcome into the Next State of Mind podcast. Mac is still here with Chip Murphy and Danny Small. And uh, guys, we've been handed a layup today as we were getting ready to uh, do the show tonight. And of course, we were going to talk about free agent or free agency trade deadline that's coming up Thursday. Some of the latest rumors, and that's still going to be a part of the show. But uh, earlier today, it has been announced that finally that. Steve Mills is no longer going to be the president of basketball operations, that he was fired by James Dolan, uh, which was a delight to many Knicks fans out there. And that's where we're going to start with today. I'll start with you this time, Danny. What was your reaction to the news that uh, we are moving on from Mills? Uh, well, my, my reaction was just kind of, you know, so this is a long time coming. I think a lot of people have been, you know, kind of saying the same thing that, you know, Steve Mills more than anyone, you know, is the guy who's been around for, you know, these years and years of ineptitude in the building. Um, and, you know, like, it's not as if we all know exactly who's the one signing off on all the final decisions, who's made, you know, certain moves. But I think it's safe to say that Mills has made his fair share of of bad moves over the years when he's been in charge. Um, so I think, you know, this, I think for a lot of Knicks fans, this was, you know, this definitely a good thing because you know dolan is not selling the team that's one you know the chance sell the team all that stuff that's not like a realistic thing for knicks fans to hope for um that he's i mean he's staying put you know unless something really drastic happens you know in the near future but you know getting rid of steve mills and kind of you know opening up the search to i know there's a few names you know masai ujiri and presti there's you know, names like that floating around uh, I think this is just, you know, a step in the right direction. And obviously we know that the Knicks have a way of kind of, uh, you know, making these moves and then it not working out anyway, even though, you know, we're sitting here and we're, I'm sure we're all going to say this is the right move. Right. Um, you know, the Knicks have a way of like that kind of backfiring on them, even when, you know, the best laid plans. Uh, but, you know, I think it's weird timing for sure. But I think a move that definitely needed to happen. And Chip, I wanted to start with you because now the next question is who's going to take over? A lot of reports already saying, you know, some of the names out there, you know, Sam Presti's one of the guys, uh, you know, and your feelings or your wish list, if you got to pick, if you were Dolan, who's the guy that you would bring in and why? And then also, who do you think is realistically a target for the Knicks? Or is it well, possibly the same? Is it is it the wish list is the same guy? Yeah, I want the same guy that James Dolan reportedly wants. I want Masai Ujiri. Every yeah. Knicks fan's every Knicks fan's dream. I mean, I like you said. Realistically, is it an option? Doesn't feel like it. It feels like he's like he's like the white whale. You know, <laughs> like he's the, he's the guy we're going to be chasing after when he's the Raptors GM ten years from now. He's right. still going to be in there as a candidate to come to the Knicks. I. I don't know, man. I I would love Masai Ujiri. It's probably the only thing me and James Dolan will ever agree on, that Masai Ujiri 
should be general manager of the Knicks. But uh, you mentioned as far as realistic candidates, <coughs> excuse me, you mentioned uh, Sam Presti. And uh, I think he is the best of the realistic candidates. Yeah. Because as well as Oklahoma City has played this year, uh, he doesn't get paid a lot of money there. They don't, they have a history of not paying for players. Uh, and most importantly, Knicks wise, he has a history personally of drafting extremely well and developing players extremely well. And he finds players all up and down the draft, not just in like the top five, top 10. He gets really good players all over the place. So I think it'd be really good for him to bring his team from Oklahoma City, his scouting team, wherever, to New York. That'd be really good. Uh, and then, you know, there's reporting today we saw, you know, it's not a secret, Daryl Morey's probably on the outs in Houston. He'd be another option. I, I'm a big Daryl Morey fan, so I wouldn't be mad about that. Uh, I think his contract runs out at the end of the year. And then uh, <laughs> the always controversial Sam Henke was thrown out there, too. I think he's probably going to be low on the list of someone that James Dolan would want running his franchise. I'd be very surprised about that. But I think uh, Presti and Morey are more likely than Masai as options. Although I saw Bondi, when he wrote, uh, about uh, candidates, he said that he heard from people around the league that he didn't think the Knicks would want more because of the China stuff, which I uh, makes sense because of uh, Dolan's business interests and all that. But uh, the other report that we saw was that Dolan was looking to go the agent route, like that the Lakers did with Rob Palenka and the Warriors did with uh, Bob Myers, and obviously it worked out well for both of them. Uh, but with the Lakers, it was kind of rough there at the beginning until Palenka kind of stumbled into Anthony Davis because the Pelicans uh, need to trade him, and he pretty much forced his way to L.A. when he hired Rich Paul. So I wouldn't be too keen on hiring anyone who didn't have any front office experience to be the guy to run this team. Uh, I look as far as who I'd want. Masai Ujiri is the dream, but as far as the most likely candidates, I think Sam Presti is at the top and he'd be the guy that I'd, I call him up and I'd say, name your fucking price and we'll yeah. pay it. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> name your price, man. I agree with you, Chip. Uh, you know, New Jersey and, and, and Ch uh, Danny, I'm about to ask you a question here on New Jersey here in a, in a second. But, you know, Presti is a guy that I've been very impressed with. You look at some of the maneuvering things that he's had to do the last couple of years in OKC. You mentioned the ability to draft as well throughout the draft. Uh, you know, I, I, I've seen people talking about how, like, they let go of Harden. Like, that was a big mistake and all that. I mean, what do you want them to do when you had – you know, Durant and Westbrook at that time, you already had your your point guard, your your ball-dominant guard. You already had Durant. You needed a post player. That's why they chose to keep Ibaka over Harden. I know Harden's gone on to do great and, you know, had a, has had an amazing career in Houston. I get that. But I, I think that's, that's a foolish take 
to have right there against Pressy. I mean, look at the maneuvering he's had to do. You know, when you have Paul George, you bring him in, and then Paul George wants to get traded. Look at the deal he got from the Clippers. I mean, you know, getting good young talent, you know, bringing a veteran guy in like Gallinari. OKC is doing pretty damn good this season, guys, with the draft picks they have. That's that's the kind of stuff the Knicks don't do. When, when we make trades, like, you know, think of some of the trades that people are talking about right now, the whole Perzingis trade. What did we really get from it? Not a whole lot. You know, I understand we got first-round picks or whatever that can hopefully turn into something, but that's, again, the potential is there. He actually provided a way for OKC to stay competitive. He has done a great job. Pressy is my guy, and more so, you know, Ujuri is, is – Obviously, won an NBA championship. You can't argue with that. But what I'm going to go with you now, Danny, is Ujiri has a has a. You got to trade some assets in order to get him. Is it worth it? In your opinion, is it worth it? Yes, he's brought a championship to Toronto, but is it worth trading some assets, couple of draft picks maybe to bring in Ujiri, or would you go with a free option, or not really a free option? That was foolish, but you know what I mean. You're not having to trade pieces in order to get him to be your yeah. dream manager. You're gonna to have to give him a large contract, but that might be worth yeah. it. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I think I think that's a that's a good that's a like just a good um, I guess debate. You know, is like what is is pressed is uh, excuse me is Ujiri is he that much better an executive than you know Presti or Mori or you know whatever hypothetical candidate you're gonna say is it you know would you rather have Presti with two late first rounders or you know Ujiri with you know you get rid of those Mavericks first rounders for him. Um, and you know, he's got the championship on his resume, but it, for me, it'd be hard to, to kind of part ways with those assets when the Knicks are still looking for a, a legit star. And eventually, you know, if they're going to make a trade for somebody, they're going to make moves and, you know, really try and acquire that, that guy who can be the centerpiece of the franchise, you're going to need those assets. Um, so it's, I mean, it's a tough call. Would Like if, <clears throat> if the Knicks get Ujiri, obviously I would I would think they're in a better place than they were without him. You know, like I think Ujiri is a good uh, he's a good um, executive, and I think he'll he'll do fine in New York. Because all things considered, the Knicks like the way they're set up, they don't have too many long term contracts. Like they have they do have picks, even if they have to part ways with a couple for him. They do. I think they are set up. You know, with some you have Mitch, you have RJ, you got a couple nice young players. Like I think I don't think the Knicks are in as bad of a position as people will make them out to be. But again, it's you know which which would you rather have Ujiri minus the two picks or you know the hypothetical second choice uh, with those picks? And just to I want to just throw this in for uh, Presti, um, Billy Donovan he's in the last year of his contract with OKC. If the Knicks get Presti, perhaps that means you know they get a package deal with. I mean I don't know how most people feel about Billy Donovan, but I'm a I'm a, I'm a, you guys know, I, I grew up like a diehard Florida basketball fan. So I would be, uh, I'd be pretty happy with Billy Donovan coming here. He's a Long Island native, you know, like local guy. Uh, that's just not that any of that is, is going to happen or whatever. OKC could want to keep him. But uh, I think what he's doing this year, at least, I know Billy Donovan's gotten some, you know, some heat for them never being able to get over the hump when they had their guys there. But this season, I think he's doing a pretty, pretty, masterful job considering everyone kind of just fig- assumed that they would be bottom of the pack in the western conference and now you know what are they the six or seven seed now i mean seven i think but you know they're they're kind of rising 
but I mean that this stuff it's a lot of like hypotheticals you know I think the I don't uh, the, the it's too early to know you know exactly because like Chip said before there's you know this rich climb and stuff coming out then it's you know there's Masai Ujiri they still want him but then there's Presti Moore there's like there's a million different directions they can go <laughs> I mean I if if you ask me to you know place a bet on who's going to be the next president. I would not even know, you know, I guess Ujiri, you put money on him, but I still, I would not even know what direction they're going to go. It's going to be, you know, just kind of a tough call given the circumstances of, you know, the Knicks are the Knicks and also the timing of it makes it even stranger. Right. And, you know, Ujiri, if that, if that was to happen, I mean, the guy has won a championship in Toronto. I mean, freaking Toronto won an NBA championship. You can't, can't argue with his success. The only thing I'm saying with that is I feel like you're kind of handcuffing him a little bit by getting rid of those trade assets, number one. Now, I know the big thing, though, is if you bring in Ujiri, then there's this belief that he can recruit Giannis to come, and that will that will somehow have an influence on Giannis's decision. That's just what's being reported. I've seen that as well, that if you get him, it's the hope that he can wear in Giannis. To me, you know, I, I'm. I think Presley's on top of my list. I, I love what he's did in OKC. You know, all the everybody always has something to say. It doesn't matter. Somebody's always going to be pissed off about something and come up with so. Well, he didn't win with OKC, or you know, he let James Harden. There's always going to be some kind of complaint. You're never going to please everybody, but I think his track record speaks for himself. I I, I think he has done a hell of a job in OKC. Uh, maneuvering the way that he has so you know as long as it's not like Isaiah Thomas putting back in charge you know that that's already that's already a positive start mm-hmm. right there you know what I mean but um you know I, either way though this is something that I, I give Dolan credit for I know sometimes we all everybody is 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 tough on Dolan but this is a move that needed to be done and he made the move uh, so that that's at least one step in the positive direction because guys, you know, it, it's a situation where you, and you even hear NBA players talking about it. The Knicks need to change their image and that's starting to get guys. You got to bring in the right people in the front office to start doing that. So it, it's a big decision coming up, you know, as you guys have been saying as well, it's a lot of speculation at this point, but this is, this is something that could at least start to change the image a little bit. If the Knicks can land the right guy. Uh, but moving away from the general manager talk, uh, the other big storyline this week, of course, is the trade deadline on Thursday. Uh, there's already been rumors about D'Angelo Russell. Uh, there's been some trade offers that have been reported by the New York Knicks. I mean, I believe they were going to give up Portis, Knox, Neil Aquina, uh, Trier, and a second-round pick uh, for D'Angelo Russell and the Warriors reportedly rejected it and said no, and they said they want a unprotected first-round pick in Mitchell Robinson, and if that is true, I, I would have just hung up the phone immediately. Like, I wouldn't even have answered them. I would have just hit click, and that's that right there. I don't know if you guys agree with me on that, Chip. When you hear that report, i seen you tweet out, well, the D- the D-Lo news was fun while it lasted, but, I mean, that, that right there is crossing the line when you're acting for Mitchell Robinson in one of our first-round picks. I, that just can't happen. How crazy, uh, you know, if those reports are true, that's what the Warriors were asking. How crazy are they thinking they were going to get Mitchell Robinson in a first-round pick? 
Yeah, that's exactly how I felt about it. I mean, that I I guess that we were never going to get him. Uh, he's a guy who averages 23 points a game, right, in the Western Conference. Right. So the Warriors have a high opinion of him, and rightfully so. And they know they have a team out there in Minnesota who desperately wants him so they can drive. So they have them over a barrel because they want to make Cat happy over there. And so they can probably get a first-round pick out of Minnesota. And they know New York is reluctant to give up their first-round picks. So they're going to ask the Knicks to give up their best prospect in Mitchell Robinson. And I do think Mitchell Robinson is the Knicks' best prospect. I like RJ, but I would put Mitchell Robinson as their most untouchable prospect right now. Uh, So maybe Golden State is trying to get Jarrett Culver out of Minnesota right now, and Minnesota is kind of balking at that. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't trade a guy I just drafted if I were Minnesota. But, I mean, we saw the reports of that huge 14 mega deal that they're trying to work out now with Covington going to Houston. And uh, there's there's a hu- there's going to be a huge deal, I think. I think D'Lo could end up in Minnesota at some point. There's a lot of shit going on. Uh, one thing I do know is D'Lo is not coming to the Knicks. I got really excited about it for about a day, uh, close to a day. Uh, then I saw the Mitchell, Ro- I saw the Mitchell Robinson thing, and I was like, ah. And then I kind of put that out of my head for a minute and s- started looking into some D'Lo stuff. And then I started reading some articles about D'Lo, and I was like, ah, oh, shit, yeah, this is probably why <laughs> we shouldn't invest like three years and ninety million dollars in him. <laughs> despite the fact that it'd be fun to have him on the team. It'd just be fun to watch him. And I I, I was trying to talk myself into this headspace like, oh, we won't have to trade Frank. You know, D'Lo and Frank would be a tra- great backcourt together. And then I came to the realization like, oh, yeah, we, we'd have to trade Frank and Frank would go off and be in the same backcourt as Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. And Shit, we'd have to watch that, and Frank would probably end up shooting 40% from three at some point because he'd be open all the fucking time, and we'd have to watch that happen, and it would suck, and we'd probably start hating D'Lo, and he'd get booed, and i feel <laughs> terrible for him, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I It was, like like you said, I tweeted out, it was fun while it lasted. It was a cool idea because he is a fun player to watch, I, but... Now, it's not going to happen. I think if he ends up anywhere, it's Minnesota. And they obviously want him like he's – they want him like the Lakers wanted Anthony Davis, for fuck's sake. It's, right. it's a little weird. but Right. And, Danny, you know, going back to that original offer, the Knicks were offering a lot right there. You know, several players, the second-round pick. Uh, you know, I felt like that was a pretty darn good offer that they sent them, a pretty good effort at it. But if – Golden State's going to start reaching for that first pick because I think we all are in agreement here. We have all talked about it. We can't trade away our biggest uh, draft assets, our, our top picks. It just doesn't make sense here. But what were your thoughts on the offer that they sent them? Do you think that was a strong offer? Do you think it's something that Golden State might maybe, I don't want to say necessarily regret passing up on, but something they could have done some things with if they would have accepted it? Because I, I, I felt like it was a pretty fair, strong offer. For D one, yeah, I I think I agree with you. I think that you know they, there's a lot, there were a lot of guys in that, a lot of assets 
um, you know, I will, I guess just the one a second rounder, but still like, you know, a lot of young players in that. But I think I, I probably agree with Chip where they know there are a few teams interested in D'Lo. So they're kind of, you know, kind of they're not going to jump on something right away. And that's I think that's probably why they were looking for, you know, Mitch and an unprotected first. Right. Uh, and I also agree with Chip that, you know, Mitch and RJ are kind of the two untouchable guys on the roster right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, D'Lo, it, it would have been, it would have been a fun pairing, but, and I know this is the, like, there's, this is kind of like a gray area, but the Knicks, they didn't even attempt to go after D'Lo in the summer. Like they didn't even, they didn't even, it, I mean, at least reportedly, like there was no reports of the Knicks are interested in Russell or anything like that when, you know, he was a restricted free agent. If the Knicks had went and made him an offer, you know, presumably, Maybe, you know, it doesn't work. It, it might not have worked out if they made him an offer because the Nets owned his rights and everything like that. Um, but they didn't like they didn't even have any interest. And now you're going to turn around and give up, you know, all these young guys and a pick and all this stuff for him. It just seems weird and very Nixian. But then again, you know, it's unclear, like how, you know, how far along the uh, the sign and trade with Golden State was and everything like that. So it was just kind of like a murky situation there. Um, but yeah, like the, where I'm at, I, if I was the Knicks, I, unless, unless it's a real, like, you know, potential superstar, like even, you know, more so than D'Lo, I wouldn't want to give up their, their, on their unprotected first rounder this year. But that being said, you know, they do, if, if it, all it would take was, you know, be one of the Mavericks picks to like swap that second rounder out for like one of the Mavericks firsts. Then I think you think about it because those those late first rounders, um, those late first rounders can be they're not all that valuable, but, you know, maybe enough to push it over the top. But as I say that now, I'm remembering reading something somewhere about the the Warriors want to get under the luxury tax. So they weren't looking for an unprotected this year. It would be for, you know, future yeah. years because they don't want to pay it first. So now I'm just remembering that. It's just I'm I'm getting caught up in like the you know there's a million reports of a million things going around and it's hard to kind of keep track of everything going on. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of rambling now about D'Lo, but uh, but yeah, I I think just for now that that deal seems like it's it's not going to happen. And it would like I agree with Chip. It would have been fun, especially if they could have kept Mitchell Robinson. It would have been fun to see Mitch and D'Lo run pick and roll. Because D'Lo, you know, is I don't know what his numbers, you know, percentile on pick and roll and all that stuff is, but I just know from watching him with the Nets last year, he can be really, really fun yeah. when he's got, you know, a, a rim running big. Like, you know, when he was with Jared Allen, they were, you know, they were so much fun together. I'd like, I would, I would have loved to see that go go down with Mitch. Now, let me ask you guys this: We have the future first round picks from from Dallas. Is that another? option that the Knicks can try to explore once again here in maybe the last final couple of days of the deadline, maybe right at the deadline, or is it still stay away? Don't give up those first round picks in your guys' mind. Chip, I'll start with you with that question. Uh, do you think the Knicks should just leave it alone at this point? Leave what alone, but I'm uh, sorry, the man. D the D-Lo trade. The yeah. D-Lo trade? Yeah, would you, would you offer the Dallas picks that we have? Or, or at this point, let it go. Picks plural 
Uh, well, at least one of them. Yeah, I was plural would be a little little crazy right there, but at least one of them. Uh, it still dep- it depends, I guess. I mean, <sighs> if they don't take, if they I, don't, I, the I, I, and they will they don't, take that package, would you do it? It's nah, tough. I think I've I think I've moved on from yeah. it. I think I've moved. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I keep the pick. <laughs> Danny, same thing. Would you would you do it? I might actually. You might. Do I, it. It's just I, those those. I, I don't. I'm. I, yeah. I'm not. I'm. I know. I'm. I'm middleman Dan here. But uh, like, I don't know. I just. I don't. I don't. Th- I think those those like late first rounders are good picks. Like nice picks to have in your arsenal. But I like. I don't think they're. You know. They're anything crazy. You know. Valuable because the Mavs are. You know. Next year, they'll probably be as good or better than they are this year. Right. If you just think about, you know, natural Luca progression and then, you know, goes from two years from now. So I think those are going to be, you know, mid to late 20s in the uh, in terms of, you know, where they fall in the draft. And in that case, like, yeah, you can get a nice player, get a nice rotation guy. Every once in a while, you can get a diamond in the rough. But I, I you know, I don't think those are, you know. Like there's uh, there's a big difference between those picks and you know the Knicks pick going into you know the 2020 draft. Would you change your mind after that, Chip? So <laughs> hold hold on, Danny, are you did you just say that you would trade Frank for D'Angelo Russell? Uh, I I mean I I if honestly I probably if if that's if that's what it took like I, I mean you guys know i love frank like i've i've always been high wow. on him but i don't i don't think he's indispensable like i i think he's Me neither. he can be Me a really neither. i think he can be a really good rotational player and part of it is i think like i think he'd be really good on golden state just cuz you know one of that like that first guard off the bench where he plays you know and he staggers they stagger him with clay and Steph, you know in there i think he you know he plays just be a defensive minded guy Steph and Clay carry the load on offense. Like you said, Chip, he'd have a million open shots, probably yeah. shoot 40% from three, but turn into this, like, great, valuable role player there. Um, and at least, you know, just from my perspective, I think he – I know he's he's made some strides. I know he's, like, kind of been up and down this year, but there have been some good things there. But I think it could be, you know, he could be better off in a different situation. Um, you know, sometimes – Sometimes guys just they they don't fit in one place for whatever reason, um, but I don't know. I I, I do like D'Lo too, so that's why I, like I wouldn't completely balk it, including Frank. But uh, but yeah, uh, it would be tough. It would be tough for me to sign off on a deal that gets rid of Frank, but it might be in the best interest of everyone. I trade him. I'll yeah, trade we him. already know that, Matt. <laughs> I'd rather. I'd rather trade Knox, to be honest. I know it's probably not the most popular. I think I probably would take it because Danny, you have a good point. They're they're going to be. It's going to be a late first round pick. I mean, if if they say okay, you can have Mitchell Robinson out of the deal. You give us that original package with one of those Dallas picks. I don't know. I might do it. I might do it as well because you know D'Lo is is. It could be the best point guard we had in a long time. I mean, we we I, I just want to see somebody take. I, keep, I almost every podcast I think I say this. I just want to see somebody take over that point guard role where we go. We finally have our point guard here. Uh, but you know, I'll trade Frank. I'll trade Kevin. 
No, the only person I ain't traded is what you guys said. RJ and, and uh, Mitchell Robinson are, are guys that right now are just untouchable. I don't. I, if somebody even mentions them, it's I'm not even listening to the conversation. I don't care who it is at this point. And I think you know, just not, not to cut you off, but I was just gonna say, you know, if you can keep Mitch and RJ and you get D'Lo, that's like a good young core in right. the East. I, I'm not saying they're gonna win a championship or like anything like that. But you got those three guys. You draft another guy high in the lottery this year. I mean, at, at that point, you have a decent young core. Um, you know, with uh, D'Angelo Russell is, you know, he's a legit All Star. Mitch, you know, is getting better and better. Uh, well, I mean, he he hasn't taken off in year two quite like I think a lot of people thought. But Mitch, you know, you still love love what you like see from him. See, yeah. you see flashes of it at times. Yeah, yeah. And my God, this guy could be the the most dominant player on the floor. If he just cuts out the silly crap, you know, the dumb yeah. fouls, just the, the stupid stuff that you see young players kind of do, but you can see the potentials there. I mean, yeah, I agree. It's it, At times, this season's kind of been a little disappointing, but then there's times where you're watching him like, Mike, he, he's dominating out there. He has that kind of ability. He still has a long way to go, but I, you just can't trade Mitchell Robinson. That'd be dumb. Yeah. yeah be idiotic. Uh, but, you know, as we're kind of wrapping through this and, and going through some of the the rumors here. I know that there's Kuzma talk. You know, CBS. I've seen put something else out there that's saying the Knicks are talking to the Lakers about Kuzma. That's another one I really highly doubt. I know maybe the Lakers might be intrigued by adding one of the veterans. Morris uh, is the name that I hear with it, but I, I don't know if if Kuzma is really a guy that that they're going to let go of. Uh, you know, I know they're in the win now mode and, and i know kuzma's a young player and this is sometimes what you do when you're looking to win a title is to get a veteran guy um but i just i i hear it reported and you can hear it and, and even read it they're just saying they're just basic talks there's nothing really serious about it right now i wouldn't make too much sense of that but it, as we kind of look at it here you know there's others with julius randall um you know i seen terry rozier of course, Malik Monk, a part of that deal with the Julius Randle possibility of uh, working something out with the Hornets. But, you know, first off, before I get to the question I was about to ask, I remember a couple weeks ago, Chip, you said something along the lines that you would also, because we talked about trading Morris, but you also were hinting around the idea of possibly trading Randle. So I wanted to give you a moment here. Uh, to share your thoughts behind that, because I've been waiting. You know, of course, last week we, we <laughs> you know, we did a Kobe tribute, but uh, yeah. we, we wait a little bit longer here. But I wanted to get your your thoughts on the on why training Randall is a good thing. Look, I still think trading Randall would be a good idea. Now, I feel like I should start this when I talked about it previously. This Hornets thing wasn't on the table. I feel so. I feel like I should start this by saying. This proposed deal for Terry Rozier is not, not what I was talking about yes. when I brought this up. Yeah, not interesting. <laughs> yeah. I've watched a lot of Hornets games. Don't want Terry Rozier. Really don't. Don't want him. Not even the best point guard on his team. Uh, I don't want to trade Julius Ra If I'm going to trade Julius Randle, I don't want to trade him for Terry Rozier. Yes. Basically, Scott. that's Scott Perry saying, I'm going to bail out. Michael Jordan, uh, I guess, out of a horrible contract before he um, what's it, he uh, gets fired at the end of the year or whatever. But I don't think the Hornets are going to make any moves anyway because they're about to get off a bunch of money, so they don't really want to 
add Randall's salary. But as far as trading Randall goes, he's playing a lot better since Fizdale got fired. Since I made that statement, he's had some pretty shitty games, but he's, he's still looked a lot better. I mean, he still has his moments where he spins into double teams and you just want to go, Jesus Christ, and you, you want him off the floor completely. But he's at, you know, he's, he's gone back down to, he's 45%. He's 18.9 points, nine and a half rebounds. The three turnovers is bad, but he averaged 2.8 turnovers last year. Turns the ball over a lot. He makes stupid plays. So my feeling was like, he's like, you may, you may end up trading him this summer anyway, or next year anyway. And what if he looks even worse next year? What if he struggles even more under a new coach next year? And because what if you add another guy or you tell him over the summer uh, that you want RJ to be the number one option and he doesn't react well to that? And I just feel like his stock is not high now, but it's not like low. So maybe deal him now while you can still get a hopefully a first round pick for him. And don't, it's always been like Zach Lowe said this, like it's always better to deal someone earlier rather than later. Like, cause he was talking about like uh, the Utah jazz, how they waited like two years too late to deal Dante Exum. And then they got jack shit for him. Right. So I, it's, they had to take on Jordan Clarkson's money. So Jordan Clarkson Mm -hmm. isn't jack shit, but you know what I mean? He makes a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Dante Exum at one point was considered a great prospect. So it's just like, I, I feel like there's a possibility in two years, or not two years, next year, at this time, we're going to be saying about Julius Randle, why didn't we trade him last year? You know, and I, I just, there's got, if the Hornets are out there saying we uh, would like a guy like Randle, why wouldn't the Hawks be saying that? Like the Hawks who need a big. And I know Randall isn't crazy about the idea of playing center, but the Hawks, beggars can't be choosers. Like some of these teams who are desperate for bigs need to be looking for a guy like Randall who can score. And I mean, as a team where he's not the number one or number two option, he would look a lot better there, I think. And I don't know, there, there has to be, and at a time when there's no star player available at the deadline, if the Knicks made Julius Randle available, he could be the first or second best player available. I'm just saying there, there has to be a good market there. And if you open it up and someone says, we'll give you a first round pick, you have to at least consider a first round pick and a prospect too. You have to at least consider it because he's on a good contract. So I just think they should make him available and see what's there. But if the best you can get is Terry Rozier and Malik Monk, then no, then it's not worth it. That's the thing here that, you know, if you're listening, you're, you're probably screaming because I mean, there, there's a lot of people here that are freaking out about trading veterans. I've, I've seen it. I've talked to people all week about it. That's the thing. We're saying, look at your options. What can you get? That doesn't mean it has to be a done deal. We're not saying, 
you better trade Julius Randle. Nobody here is saying that. We're saying at least look at what you can possibly get for some of these teams that are looking to add somebody like Randall to their roster. You might get a pretty damn good package. That's, that's all we're saying. If it's Monk and Rozier, I'm right there with you, Chip. It is not worth it at all. It just doesn't make any sense. It's a terrible freaking trade. And if that does happen, I'm going to lose it because it's flat out. I'm with you. you Just out, but possibly spin, you take it. Let me hold on. Here at App has to be done. That, that I want to make very clear. Out with right here is that we have some bet. Uh, Randall, I it necessarily feel like Randall is going to be traded, but I think if one of the veteran guys is going to be on the move here, it's going to be Morris. So we're going to wrap up the show with this, and I'll start with you, Danny. Is Morris going to be traded here before the deadline? Is some move going to be done by the Knicks? Is somebody going to be on their way out? Uh, if so, who it is? Who do you think it is? I think it's Morris. Would you agree with that? Are the Knicks going to make some kind of move by the deadline? Um, I think I think Portis is probably more likely to go just in like a small deal or something like that. But I also I do I do agree with you. I think it's very likely now that Morris goes because I think I think it was Woj was the one uh, reporting that you know one of the points of contention between Dolan and Mills was you know Mills wanted to hold on to to Morris and not trade him. You know when I guess you know other people in the organization were more on the side of trading him. I think. Woj said something about, you know, he's available now. So I think I think at this point it's pretty likely that that Marcus Morris is gone. Uh, but at the same time, you never know. If there's, I would, I mean, I guess I would I would be surprised. But would anyone be shocked if the deadline came and went without the Knicks really making any like any notable move? You know, other than maybe like dumping Dennis Smith Jr. for you know a second round pick or like. Huh. Bobby Portis, you know, for nothing. You know, would anyone be surprised if like Morris no, is still on the team? My Randall, Frank, my Kevin, not like there's no there's yeah. no big move at all. I don't think anyone would be completely surprised by that. I don't. I, it, unfortunately, that's the way I'm thinking coming in today. Is I just have a feeling some, the Knicks ain't gonna do anything, anything big, anything significant to really kind of help them out. I mean, maybe it's the pessimistic side of me. I don't know, but I, I think it would be a huge mistake. And again, there's people screaming, we got to keep Morris. He sells tickets, blah, blah, blah. We're going to finish in last place with him. So we're going to finish in last place without him. I mean, try to get something is, once again, the big thing here. But that's kind of what I, I, I feel. I, I If you ask me, I don't think the Knicks are going to do anything. Nothing big. Maybe Dennis Smith Jr., I expect to go. Portis could be another guy. But I don't think there's going to be a significant move here by the Knicks. I just... I don't know if it's the pessimistic side of me, Chip. I don't know if you agree, but I want want to have your thoughts on it. Deadline comes. Are the Knicks going to do something productive here on Thursday's deadline? Nothing would shock me, especially if they did nothing. But I think Danny's right. I think it's likely now, more likely now, that Morris goes now that Mills isn't there to try and save his job by keeping him. Uh, I think Perry may try and swing something uh, to get a pick for Morris. Or we saw now uh, the Knicks have been talking to the Lakers 
uh, about Kuzma. And we know the Lakers are interested in Morris, so that could be something that might be in the works. I really hope that that's not the case, but I'd rather not have Kuzma. I'd rather go after one of those Clippers guys and get a Clippers pick. I think think that that's a possibility. Those two teams, Lakers and Clippers, could possibly get into a little bit of an arms race here to try to see if they can swing them because that's been the report for a while, both teams interested. I wanted. I was looking at uh, the Sixers too. I thought we're going to be interested because right. Zaire Smith would have been a nice prospect. I don't know if they were willing to give him up, but yeah, I, I thought there was going to be more teams interested than just two for Morris because the way he's made out to be by uh, by certain people, you would think the guy was our fucking was the second coming of Carmelo Anthony, but. I, I guess if the best we can get is Kyle Kuzma, then I guess you make the move to get something for him. But I feel like we can get more for him than just Kyle Kuzma. I feel like we can get picks. I I, I like what the Clippers can offer. I, I'd like to get Zaire Smith yeah, in Philly. Um, I do, I, I do think the Knicks will do something. I like what Danny said, like a small thing like Bobby Portis just getting traded for whatever, Dennis Smith getting traded for not like something like a second round pick. That's probably the most likely move. Like like I said, nothing would surprise me. Like if the deadline came and went and Morris stayed on the team, it wouldn't surprise me if Perry did the safe thing and kept him. But I don't know. We'll see. Nothing the Knicks do ever surprises me anymore quick question here would like somebody for the clippers if they were offering us maybe a, a first round maybe a second round pick what a guy, what about a guy like landry shannon good shooter Knicks don't have anybody that could shoot a three ball nobody shooting the three ball that, that's a guy that can make two or three three pointers a game as well a young prospect like that i know he doesn't overly excite you elsewhere really on a stat sheet but if you can get a pretty good pick and a player like that does the Knicks need three-point shooters is that something that would intrigue you guys? I don't know. I was just thinking of some young players they have on their team there. I don't. I don't know if they would. They would be down to to unload him just for a, you know a one year rental for Marcus yeah. Morris. Right. But I do. I mean, I like Shamit. I mean, he shoots. Absolutely. He, sh- he shoots like the lights out. I just. I. I don't think. I don't think they would. They would part ways with him at this point. Yeah, he's on his rookie deal, right? right. Yeah, they, yeah, he's. He's. Point. He's good for them in terms of, uh, you know, money situation though. stuff. Uh, that, yeah, if that was offered, <laughs> I, I think I would be pretty intrigued by it. That's all. I think, yeah, I think that would be better than, you know, Sh- Shamit would be better than any first-round pick the, the Clips would be giving out. I think it's more likely they get uh, Robinson, right? Yeah. I would that's just guy. Like, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I, I I was looking at some of the young players they have there on mm-hmm. their team, some of the assets they have. That that's a name that kind of once I started looking through, I was like, oh, I like him. I I enjoy mm-hmm. watching him play. He can really shoot the ball. I know, you know, he still's got some work to do overall game, but I'm telling, I'm tired of watching bricks from the three point line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Morris hits a couple of threes, but we're trading them if that's that's the case, you know. So bringing a shooter like that, hey, I mean, I, I'd be for it, but. We'll see. There's going to be a lot to kind of go down. My, my pessimistic side must be kicking in because I, I just have a feeling we don't do anything significant. And I'm sitting here Thursday pissed off at the world thinking, why am I a Nick fan? Uh, 
and reconsidering my life choices. But um, I guess I'm in it for the long haul with them, and whatever happens, happens. But I, I am hoping that we we turn around some smart deals here and put us in a better position to move forward towards the future. Um, I know a lot of people, again, don't want these veteran guys going, but if you really stop and think and just not look at just the numbers, we're going to lose with these guys on the roster. There's Like if you're holding on to the hope that we're going to make a second-half run at it and make the play, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. It, it, it's, I mean, we're the fourth worst team in the league for Christ's sake. It, it's you got it. You got to wake up and realize that sometimes you got to do things for the future. And you might, and and again, they might look at it. They might not get a deal that's worth it. But a guy like Morris, who his contracts up as well as you guys mentioned, to be a rental, take something from him. Is all, is all I'm saying. Uh, but let's leave it there. We'll wrap it up. We'll come back next week. Hopefully we have some good news to share next week and talk about some of the moves the Knicks made. And uh, if not, then it's going to be one of those angry podcasts. I think that's safe to say. I think that's safe to say. But we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.